0: it's Nick Walters again with the National Industrial Hemp Growers Digest podcast, as if that isn't enough words, brought to you by the uh, National Hemp Growers Cooperative. And we are yet again just absolutely tickled to death to have somebody of great caliber as a guest on our podcast to talk about the hemp industry. And it is none other than Wendy Motion with New West Genetics. Wendy, hello to you and Welcome.
1: Good morning, Nick. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. We are in um, full disclosure. Even though the video is not going on, I am donning my New West Genetics uh, <laughs> hat that uh, you gave me when we got to visit Fort Collins a couple of months ago. And so, uh, just so just as a spoiler for everybody else, I'm sure there's some merch I can go buy on the New West Genetics site or maybe friend of Wendy gets you a hat I'm not sure what
1: friend form. of Wendy gets
0: show up at the show up at the next uh, booth sighting somewhere and see if we can talk you out of one maybe something like that so <laughs> hey I am really excited to be able to talk to you on a couple of different levels and um just about uh new West and about uh genetics and what that looks like and and uh, we also want to talk about uh, the valued seed uh, and, and that effort as well that we are all supportive of. So let's just start off with the, the, with the fun stuff and the good stuff, which is the uh, Wendy intro part. So tell us a little bit kind of about your background and um, how you got into this uh, crazy world of hemp stuff, and then you know what was your ah ha moment? That's something we always like to. Uh. Ask our guests at what point in time did you go? Oh my gracious, look at this stuff, you know, I'm all about it. So
1: yeah. All yeah. Okay. Whoa, that's a lot. So <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I am um, if I forget a piece, let me know. But I uh I'm the daughter, I'm a third-generation entrepreneur. Um I started when I was 12 with my first job working in my grandma's kitchen. She owned the only hotel and restaurant in town, and this was the 70s and wow. it was not common for a woman to run things but she you know took the bull by the horns when she was young and realized she needed to support her family um and she did so we all worked there this okay. was in upstate New York, a tiny town of 2,500 called Dolgeville um, mm-hmm. in that, you know, rust belt, but really it was uh, more of a leather stocking belt. So it's called the leather stocking region. So we had a shoe factory in town, which closed when I hit uh, my late teens. So hugely impactful. And it's part of my hemp aha moment, right? Yeah. Um, just watching those things happen. And so and then and then my dad was also an entrepreneur. Um, and so I swore I would never do it.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> swears all swears at me because I do do it. That's what that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, so my you know, in, I, I went to college in Albany. Um, I met a young man called John McKay who uh, my girlfriends looked at me and this is the early 90s before bedhead was cool. And they said, you're dating bedhead. So, (laughs) yeah, I had no idea he was going to turn out to be a brilliant scientist. So we met when we were, you know, early 20s. Um, We tooled around together, moved out west in 95. Um, He went to graduate school, got his PhD from university um, Montana, Missoula. And, um, you know, I sort of traveled along with him and initially put my hands against my ears and said, ah, plant genetics, so boring. Don't talk to me about it. But then he started getting interested and more applied towards agriculture and uh, you know, plant genetics. And that happened on our move to Colorado. So we've lived in California, Washington, Montana, Colorado, just the most beautiful States. Um, I love education. So I did work in industry for a little while while I was in Seattle, I worked for Microsoft, um, enjoyed it, but really loved working with people with disabilities, which a lot of people in hemp don't know about me. So I um, ended up getting my master's in special education and I taught for 12 years and I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and I miss it, <laughs> but along came this opportunity in 2014 and we were in Colorado. We had expertise at the ready and my husband and our partner, rich were all together today still. Um, and still, we had this opportunity of being in the right state at the right time. So, so that's kind of the why hemp, um, and, and a brief overview of my background, but I love talking, obviously. I'm really into learning new things. I'm super curious. Um, I love to hear both sides of arguments. Um, I thrive on that and trying to find balance and, bring people together. I just really like that. So, um, I come from a Republican and a Democrat family. So I think I grew up doing that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's my goal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so anyways, um, here we are in hemp, uh, my hemp aha moment. Uh, it kind of happened a little later into hemp cause I, we got into it for the science. It was exciting. You know, I could certainly appreciate my two partners who are scientists, I could appreciate their enthusiasm and I I loved it. And we thought, would this be like a little hobby? And I'm doing air quotes (laughs) and it's not a hobby (laughs) anymore. But so initially, you know, my aha moment came with the nutrition. Uh Um, I am such a strong believer in good nutrition. Uh, and I work really hard to keep my family's nutrition healthy, um, and instruct my daughters in good nutrition. And luckily I had a mother and my grandmother, right. That were very kind of old style, pick the berries, make the jam. Um, you know, everything was from scratch. We never went yeah. out to eat. You didn't know right? You didn't,
0: you didn't, I did I it. just, that was ingrained in you as you came along this is the way you yeah. do it. And it yeah. was all very fresh, nutritional. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was part of the table before it was part of the table, right? That's you know? right,
1: Nick. Yeah, yeah, we had a one acre garden. I mean, my mom and my grandmother worked hard to, you know, feed feed their families um, in a very cost efficient way. So um, that that's where hemp fit in. I kind of skipped the fast food. We didn't have fast food in my town. Um, luckily, so I'm so grateful for that. And, and this is where I see hemp and now, you know, the sort of evolution of that was not just nutrition, but like, holy crap. I mean, you know, my scientist partners have been aware of climate change for 20 years now. Um, but the implication of this or the, the results of this monocropping is disastrous. So, um, that's, that's my other love but also on the negative side, Nick.
0: <laughs> yes, because you like both sides and you want to be able to see all pieces and parts, right?
1: What a bungling rollout in our country. Mm. So I have a lot of issues with that. What a horrific setup for supply good supply chain mechanics. And I, I blame both the hemp industry and the agricultural industry for those. Um, So, so yeah, that's kind of an aha. Of how hard it is to get a new crop off the ground, and I think of quinoa folks. You know, I think of millet, and um, those challenges are real. So, yeah, yeah I hope yeah. that was. A, no, I no, answered your the,
0: question. Well, don't you think that uh, what I have found to be interesting about this? Because I'm a late bloomer uh, into the whole world as well, too, but. Mm-hmm. I think because there had been so many people that had been such um, passionate supporters and and drivers and those that had their hip-aha moment 25 years ago. Yeah. Was that it built, that it built, the it built. And then when it finally popped and hit through the 2018 Farm Bill, it, there was right. all of this kind of pin-up <laughs> um, yeah. excitement. and and still a lot of immaturity in the industry as an industry i don't mean just some no particular humans although we can like, talk about some humans but we won't but i mean but but <laughs> it's just the industry itself it's not corn growers. it's not you know no. soybean council it's not cotton council i mean we've mm-hmm. gotta keep in mind right that we've been asleep for um you know decades and mm-hmm. but but yet there were people that were that were getting people that were seeing yeah. I think because of the nutrition piece more than anything else, right? Mm -hmm. And then then when the top came off, boom, we had this opportunity that was there. And I don't think you had that with, you know, quinoa or millet or giant miscanthus or, you know, any of these other pieces like that. So it's been both good and bad, I think. And and Mm the good is is that there are indeed all these different groups that, that, um, are trying to kind of figure out how to all play nice together in the sandbox as we, as we, yeah, can. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, but it's just a maturation process, really. that we have to kind of understand, you know, we can agree to disagree on certain issues and, and other things as long as we are all trying to move forward. So, yeah. that was the question that you want to hear about. So, um, tell me, um, talk to me about New West genetics and, and kind of. You know, what is that? What does that mean? What does genetics mean in a a specific way as it relates to seeing?
1: Yeah, we we do mean something pretty specific Um, by genetics. I remember in the 90s when John would sit in front of his computer and the GCATs would just fly by and he was processing, crunching the data, right? (laughs) The actual sequencing. So it means that to us. a, a lot of times in the industry, people will just refer to it as a seed or a specific mother plant, which we had never, is not used, right, in traditional ag. So, um, so we mean specifically, you know, the sequencing um, and the interpretation of the genes and what they're controlling. Um, so we uh, I, I have an interesting team, I have to say. One, specifically, what New West Genetics does is yes. we develop seed varieties uh, for the three market categories, right? So for the silo of flour, for grain, as well as for um, fiber. So um, we started breeding initially for stable cannabinoid profiles. That was our goal. Number one was to be compliant. And we started in 2014. So we had that nice jumpstart of being in Colorado where we could do the R&D early on, which is essential for breeding. Um, you know, you need time because it's all about the inheritedness. So anyways, we developed this seed. Um, we were the first to walk through AOSCA certification on a US bred hemp seed. Um, it was a learning opportunity for both us as well as Colorado Department of Ag and AOSCA, um, who've been a wonderful partners. So uh, really dedicated to stable varieties for growers and grower success, um, and yield as any seed company is. Um and learning constantly, you know, that's a kind of a trademark of newest is we tell you what we don't know. Um, and there's a lot of unknown still, despite the sure. fact that's grown in Europe and Canada for so long, there's still a lot of unknown. So, um, so that's kind of our trademark is, we'll be honest, we'll give you a range. When you ask what the yield is, we'll say, well, here, it was this here. We've seen this, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so that's what we do. We sell seed. Um, we have a wonderful agronomic package now. We didn't uh, set out to be great agronomists, but we realized there's that need. It needs to work hand in hand. Um, so it's part of our seed pricing. We're thinking about maybe expanding that service. Um, but then we have two agronomists now uh, who are wonderful. So you know we offer that agronomy and seed.
0: Yes, that's correct. Well, you know, and so that that that. Um, mm-hmm. One of the opportunities that we have had to work together for the co-op uh, as well as working as with the West uh, is helping to explore, particularly in the southeast mm-hmm. US, all right, let's talk more about what the genetics might be like to down in our naked woods. And so, you know, like any of these things, <laughs> as as our chief agronomist uh, Dr. Cornette, reminds me on a daily basis, these things are called tri okay and we are trying this stuff Mm -hmm. so don't you know Mm -hmm. we've we've got to be able to understand you know at least start off what we to figure out what we don't know and if, and, if you knew anything it's more than you knew yesterday and so um it just takes time to be able to get these things done and to get them done right and one of the reasons that we have enjoyed have an ongoing opportunities to work with the West is because we respect so much the science of the things that you and Rich and John have, uh, uh, that you're committed to. Uh, you're not just a broker and said, Oh yeah, I think this stuff grew pretty well over in X, Y, Z spot. So uh, I reckon it'll grow if you want to go stick it in the ground. But that's not uh, of interest. Yeah. That's right. So, um, But help me understand that part of the genetics piece like that. So so let's just say we go and take a certain variety and we're going to go plant it in temperate zone X that you've not planted in before. I I don't even know your secret sauce or your genomes that you're matching up or whatever all that really is. But what takes place on that? You grow it, you plant it, you figure out soil conditions, your weather, all the other things that you, some of it you can control, some things you can't control. And then now it's the end of a trial like this, and you have some data. Do you go back to the lab and really start looking at the stuff? Uh-huh. Go, try to go try to figure out the well, I think it will grow better next time, or emergence might happen quicker if we did it this way instead of that way? Or is it the agronomics? This is a huge loaded question, right? But I mean, or is it the agronomics of okay, well, you didn't plant it at the right time, or you didn't plant it in the right way, or you okay. Used a drill when you should have used a spreader. a I mean, Yeah, yeah. Kind of some of all of that is the answer D. All of the above or
1: um, kind of. Well, we usually say, and and uh, you know, the science side will say crop production is eighty percent genetics, um, and the agronomist side will say it's ninety percent agronomy, and <laughs> you know, there's always that argument. But I do believe, you know, in true fashion of, you know, a peacemaker, it's 50-50. It it really can have a high impact. Now, in answer to your question about if we do stuff in the lab, people always want to say, where's your lab? Um, You know, my partner, John, um, my husband, (laughs) John. um, Has served
0: both roles, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Some people don't know that because we have different last names. Um, But anyways, he he grew up in the age of discovering, um, you know, sort of initially marker-based selection or or working on it to refine it as, Mm -hmm. and which turned into whole genome selection. So, you know, the technology improved in the nineties and in the two thousands, they were able to do this whole genome, um, based selection. So new West does not use, um, transgenics, which is, you know, Transplanting a, a species separate from the plant that is carrying a trait—we don't do that—and mo- that's what I think that's what most people are referring to when they say GMO. Although a lot of people don't know <laughs> what that means, yes. um, and and we also do not use genetic editing. Um, which may be an insertion or deletion of a gene, we just do marker-assisted selection. So we look at the genetics, we see, you know, is this area kind of controlling this trait? And then can we make the selection faster? So once we bring a finished variety to trial, that variety's done. Um, You know, we look at, and then you put it in a bunch of places and where does it perform best, right? So that's the purpose of trialing.
0: That's the agronomy side. Yes, as it far is. As kind of done your mm-hmm. science part as far as you're That's concerned. Right. It's really more about the agronomy piece, but it doesn't does it, and I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry, but does that
1: no please does
0: that negate the science? Does that mean science is done done? Or might you go back and go? Pow. We really are starting to see these traits happen over and over here as we try to do these programs over a couple of years. I think we might need to go back and get out our slide rooms really. so and we'll go back and look mm-hmm. here a little bit deeper and just Let's see what would happen if we you know, did this plant physiology piece to this part to try to make it better. Does Yeah. Or, or are you just like, nope, done it? <clears throat> We've already figured it out. We just got to figure out how we're going to plant it, and you know, it's going to be the best part. Of the
1: city. Yeah. So w- with each variety, yes, like a variety is a variety, but it takes a long time to get there, and mm-hmm. we're constantly improving. So there's always going to be a better variety, right? Every, every two years, at least there will be a better variety. Um, and, and when we look at trials, the way we go back. So, so we constantly have these breeding plots, which are different from trials and within those individual breeding plots, which are all over the U S North America, Um, Australia, South Africa, within those plots, we're looking at, you know, we're making selections. So a very few, you know, maybe it's like less than 1% of the plot that gets put out, you select for the ones that do well. And that's how you adapt to the region, right? You have breeding plots and you select who's performing best, and then you move those forward into, you know, a strong performing variety. So that's always happening, um, with new West, uh, in addition to these varietal trials, that's kind of the end of the pipeline for us, but then know that there's stuff coming up. (laughs) That's an improvement. So,
0: so yeah,
1: that's, that's kind of how the breeding pipeline for any crop works. Um, you're always looking for improvements, response to disease pressure. Um, but in your question is always, you know, between agronomics and genetics is always important because for something like um, emergence, right? That's hemp's weakest point. So how can we assist emergence better? What can we do on the genetic side? One, you breed up that germination, right? You do a really good job making sure you've got top quality germination. And then on the agronomic side, you've cleaned that seed well, right? Mm-hmm. After you produce it and that keeps germ up. Um, but for something like emergence in that very precious time, we'd love to have a seed treatment. I mean that would help tremendously, and also, oh you, so a seed treatment is a chemical you can apply to the seed that one. And this really applies to the southeast will really help protect it from disease. That early, you know, disease issue, um, which also prevents it from getting out of the ground or starts, you know, that root rot and as it happens. And so, in humid areas, that, that will be hugely valuable. Um so that's a technical solution right on the other end right you, you might call it agronomy but really it's like you know seed seed technical um problem solves so so we appreciate all the pieces our expertise of course is in genetics and now the agronomy with these wonderful agronomists we have um but uh you know there's always those technical pieces that every other crop has as a solve um, which, you know, and I know this is controversial, but herbicides, um, yeah. we don't have that in hemp and man, I'm telling you, we've seen some serious mistakes this year with people using pre-emergence too close, um, to planting or, you know, they're getting drift cause they're trying it out and it's, you gotta wait for the science on that. We, you know, it's not quite there yet. I think next season we will see sonal approved, um, as a pre-emergent, but, Um, that that's another thing that can be helpful in places that can't get ahead of the weeds. Right. So, you know, your other, so and there are all these agronomic solutions to controlling it, but some regions just those solutions will not work and you have to have an herbicide to get going. And so we, we appreciate using chemicals as little as possible when you can, but if you want an area like the Southeast to grow, we, we need some more solutions.
0: Yeah. That's right. And, and and so what an interesting thing for uh, <clears throat> y'all to be thinking about continually are all these different input factors and thoughts and spots. I and mean, then how does it all kind of fit? And how do we move it all forward? And then how do we pay the bills at the same time? And how do we go out? Into, I mean, that's that entrepreneurial piece that, that is so great that you bring to the table on something like this, because it's, you know, my, my, my experience has always been there's two things you got to have whenever you're going to create something like that and that's time and money okay yeah. and if you've got enough of both you can do all kinds of stuff right okay. and and so uh and then underlay for that you'll have a good lawyer and you will have a good cpa okay so if i got yeah. those things in, in, in place yeah well, i can just about do a bunch of stuff you know <laughs> whatever it is that i might decide is my thing right and so those of you who jumped out there and got started and said, hey, we're headed in this direction. We're not just, pepper's not just the latest fab that we decided to get into. We really see the value of crop, how it does all these cajillians of wonderful things that we know that it can do. And um, hot diggity dog for the industry that you're with us and that you're there <laughs> to do that and to be a part of it and look at and a full reality of saying, we're not trying to pretend to say that we've got the answer for everything today, because we know we don't. I mean, nor does anybody else. But we are all moving to have all the answers, right? But we are all moving forward with the idea mm-hmm. to try to make the industry better. That's what I feel, yeah. hear, see, read, do, and that's what people say about you behind your back too, really, because that y'all remember <laughs> that stuff. So
1: that's nice. I've seen that evolution in the industry too. People want to understand the complexities now. So Mm. we, we love that. Um, because it is agriculture is, you know, let alone the risk, it's super complex too. Um, and it's, it it takes a lot of not jumping to conclusions, but thinking about my breeder, you know, I ask him, what was the yield? What was the yield? And then he'll tell me, you know, in a particular plot and it was lower than I wanted it to be. And I'll be like, why did that happen? (laughs) And then he'll explain it to me. And I'm like, Oh man, growers, man, what a risky proposition, but also they're like te- Tetris in their brain happening, right? <laughs> like all oh, right. these little pieces. Right. Like, amazing. <laughs>
0: right? right. Which, which is why we call this the growers cooperative, but not the farmers cooperative, because there's so many people that are involved uh-huh. that are really looking for us to help uh, uh, have those dial- that dialogue and those conversations with folks on the agronomy genetics seed, things like that because they just don't have the background to do it and they don't have the time to do it yeah so yeah. um <clears throat> that's why why we think it's important to do that. well that's well tell me about um let's let's talk about the value of the seed uh, but before we get to that tell us about kind of what's on the on the horizon oh. uh for new west what are some things that <clears throat> we can say you heard it here uh, and watch, and, you know, stand by and watch because these are some cool things. That are coming. If you can talk about. It today.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's not readings, just hard work <laughs> okay? and, and having that expertise to know what to select. But it's not like there's a secret sauce beyond the brains of Rich Fletcher and John McKay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Which
0: is um, funny. For the average. Yeah. The we're average so price. lucky.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, so what's next one? I want to talk about amplify for sure. Okay. Um, so, so amplify is a genetic gender skew. Um, and I, I, I have to get in the weeds just a little bit for folks. Um, so you'll see people always say, oh, that's feminized seed. Now, feminized seed is created by spraying the parent lines, right? So that the progeny they produce will create, you know, a field of, um, females, which is a very, you know, useful thing if you're growing for flower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we know that that acreage need uh, both on the THC side, as well as the CBD side is not that great. Right. Um, it's a small acreage opportunity. So we, as I said, mentioned before, really into the nutrition, love the grain, um, love the fiber. We, um, have been working on a family of varieties called amplify that have this genetic trait. And what it does is it's a sort of mating of a special male and a special female. So it's still dioecious. Um, the product it creates can be up to 100% female, but we want the green, so uh, we are messing with those ratios of females to male. Now they can even skew that ratio to 100% male. Mm. Why would you, right, Nick?
0: <laughs>
1: Anyways, so, so um, it, it is a genetic trait that um, will increase yield substantially. Um, we need growers to make more money. We need to be able to compete with these commodities. So Amplify, we've seen it, you know, in a, in, we've only had it in, you know, true sort of trialing last year. And we've got a bunch of fields this year, but we suspect it can get between 3,500 and 4,000 pounds of grain an acre. Um, that's, you know, soy is right around 3,300 ish. So that's when we can be competitive with, you know, this protein, um, kind of need, right. Uh, Competitive with soy and other traditional sources, um, pea as well. Absolutely competitive. We will kick peas ass. Um, but there's a role for every crop, right? We don't want a monocrop. So, um, but we, we really do. So it's, um, it's game changing, we feel. And we will try to breed this trait into all of our high performing varieties that we issue here on out. Um, And, and, you know, you could think of it as, okay, if Amplify were here, then you'd need half the acres that are happening now. But what I do on my side is really try to expand that market,
0: right? right?
1: There is no reason that this shouldn't increase markets because of its competitiveness with these traditional crops. Now, I beat myself over the head constantly, or or hit, you know, banging my head into the wall, <laughs> pushing these process, you know, these large scale manufacturers that use the, you know create these protein ingredients um, and and oil ingredients to try to get them to adopt and even trial, and that's that's half my frustration with traditional ag is they say. They want, they love the added nutrition, right? They love the hemp story of its nutritional profile. I don't have to convince them of that, but they won't do it until someone else does. And I'm like, you suck because you're the ones that have the money and the power, right? And you're saying you understand you need to make these changes. So it's not, but you're expecting like poor people like us, Nick, right? To do the hard work. So I get... I'm I'm about at the end of my rope in many cases but I want to be nice to them so they do it and they, you know sure. maybe they'll hear this maybe they won't but they hear my frustration now person sure. to person when I sure. have that conversation with them it's put up or shut up time with climate change so um, don't get me... St- I
0: I got to calm down. <laughs> I was about to get you cranked up, right? You're about to go to preaching, okay? I got to calm down. <laughs> you need to go eat a gummy. You okay, go chill out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyways, so, so got, that
0: yeah, amplifies. Amplified. Right? Oh. Every
1: grower's like, get me that, right? I need to get right. more revenue per acre. And processors love it too. Now there's always... Rolling out a new variety, everybody wants it like that, and that's not how it works. You um, right. need to trial it. So so this year we're messing with the ratio. How many males do we need to actually make it work, get sufficient pollination? So my you know, brilliant breeder, Rich Fletcher, is working on that. Um, and, and we will have enough for seed multiplication. So we'll have one line commercial next year and, co- you know, we call it pilot commercial cause it'll be about 35 acres. Um, but then we can take it to a contrast season and multiply. So 2024. Okay. Amplify will be out for sale. We will trial on that small commercialization with growers. We already have, um, that are committed to trying everything out. So, right. Uh, but 2024, yeah, we should have the right. game changing genetic.
0: Well, that means that maybe <coughs> the next time I go to Costco and I see um, 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 hemp seed in the um, uh, a big bag, it doesn't say made in Latvia, right? It can, yeah. it. It can say made in here because yeah. it's not just that you'll get. Let's let's grow the market. Let's have more yep. of the planet so we can fill all that. Everything I hear tell about, you know, the, the demand for the protein side is just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it's the crazy CBD stuff where there was just never enough, but but right. I mean, and then it gets in some kind of weird, you know, economics upside down piece, but, but, right. it, but, the, but it continues every day. Uh, it could be more and more of an opportunity for us, and that's just why for us, Co-op, We really think proteins and building material are the are the two things that we can get to the market, expand the market, and get to the market even quickest, whatever quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and and then as a, um, uh, for our growers, right? So that we got some... yeah, knowing yeah. that coming and knowing that there are people that that are um, I mean the the, the certification for, for uh, the building codes, of and then okay. on top of that, uh, you know, um, uh, the ever-increasing awareness about what we can do in the proteins world is, um, we think those are the, only, we're still doing renewable natural gas projects, we're still doing yeah. fiber for, you know, motive we're still in the middle of all of these uh, energy pellets, I mean, we're still about all of that, but we really think those are the two things <clears throat> that we can put our shoulder to to help move along in our little part to be able to get those markets even more mature for looking for those all fun and enjoyable off-air agreements. So, yeah.
1: And I, I just want to say I so appreciate all those folks in the fiber industry that are working to get the traditional certifications. Right? They're working within the system um, because they know that's the path to scale. So I really appreciate that. And I want to ask their help real quick if I can. Um, we as breeders... We thrive on feedback from processors. So we need to know your problems um, and, and we'll see if it that could be a potential genetic solve. So please, any fiber processors, Reach yes. out. Let us know what problems you're seeing. Um, we suspect Amplify will yield a higher amount of fiber per acre. We'll have more data on that this year, but you know we, we don't have any proof of that. But uh, we're wondering if more females, you know, will increase uniformity and yield. Not sure. Um, so, anyways, uh, just wanted to put that request out there to. No, no, no. no, no. <coughs> Look,
0: because I've been this, all this about, you know, the, the about how it flowers and how it works and all this stuff. I've learned so much about this that, that and so many of us who don't come from any part of, of any type of traditional agriculture can speak that So on. You know, first time I heard one, I thought it was a girl I went to high school with. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what it meant, right? I didn't know what it meant in the middle of it. So, no. hey, let's talk about value of the seed. Okay. Let's talk about that uh, effort that uh y'all and others um have jumped on to kind of start some leadership and all of that and what that means and tell us what it is uh and um tell us a little bit more about you know all those pieces and parts
1: yeah sure so so value the seed is exactly what it sounds like um it's an initiative to promote a strong industry foundation of seed. And, and what we've seen happen and it's, it's not really anyone's fault. It's just the fact that this was, you know, black market kind of world transitioning to demand, right? Immediate demand. So there wasn't time to develop genetics. We had to use the best we had. Um, but you know, what happens is the industry just didn't value the role that genetics could play. It didn't understand it. It hadn't been developed, et cetera. So, you know, I, I, It it's, it hurts our feelings when people don't value this, you know, to be completely honest. Um, and, and every other plant-based industry is based on strong genetics. Like they learned the lesson eons ago, we had to learn the lesson now. Um, when you don't have strong genetics, you know, the yield hits you take, you know, all of the pitfalls of that. And and you know, even in the CBD craze, I mean, people got really screwed over with folks saying it was this much germination and it'd come out 10% or 12%. So we need the industry to learn from that mistake, to value the seed. And it's a path for regulators because it is it is understood. So the initiative is promoting that certified seed producers like ourselves um, demonstrate the THC compliance, but then our customers don't have to do it again because we know genetics control the cannabinoids. So there's a whole process called G by E genetics by environment. It's an experimental process. You can look at it a few different ways, but both CSU with my husband, John McKay, um, as well as Cornell, Larry smart, um, have looked at it from two different ways and indeed confirmed what they found that genetics, uh, in well-bred varieties, <laughs> there's the caveat, um, control the cannabinoid content. So there is no reason. So it's inherited. Right. So if I get tested, I demonstrate my THC compliance. There's no reason for my customers to have to demonstrate it again. And organizations like the USDA and the state departments of ag, especially, you know, understand this, grasp this concept, um, and they see, oh, this will make my job easier, right? This will make our costs lower if we don't have to go out and test every field. So, um, so that's what we're proposing. It is not a THC exemption. It's not a THC waiver, certified seed, um, has to show compliance uh, with law uh, all the way to harvest. Um, So so that's what we're proposing, an easy sell for regulators and and, and a nice incentive for growers um, to not have to pay those fees. And it's not just paying fees. Growers don't like the government coming on their land at the end of production and saying whether that crop is marketable or not. I mean, that sucks. I, right. How They already live with risk, right?
0: Right. 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 So, right. Industry yeah. Industry like ours that is all trying to get all, you know, continue to get uh, growing both deep and wide at the same time. This is a this is a definite part of all that, and and that's why uh, so uh, we are glad from the National Hemp Growers Cooperative to be a part of the value of seed, supporting that uh, initiative and effort. We've got other good folks like the American Seed Association and International Hemp and. Whitefield Hemp Partners and hemp Acts and other groups like that to go, yeah, let's see this. And just from not only just my background at USDA, but also particularly our vice president for strategic partnership, Russell Laird, who has been through four farm bills and understands all the ins and outs of what happens regulatory wise at, at USDA and, and uh, uh, what happens as far as what is permissive and what is not and how it works. The cool thing is, is that we don't have to go change a whole bunch of laws to be able to make this work. I mean, it's it's, it's it is the it is permissive already to allow these uh, regulations to be put into place, and for those states that, as as apparently time that you and I are talking this, uh, those six states that are governed by USDA, um, uh, including my home state here in Mississippi. You know, uh, we've heard directly out of the mouth of the the chief regulator that, hey, look, as soon as we uh, know in the states that we regulate, that they govern, that indeed uh, the genetics are there after we get some data underneath us that we know that it's there, we fully expect to be able to say, absolutely, this is You know, for another example, that's not the right one, but it is the genetics are there Mm -hmm. to be able to support the fact that we don't have to have this ongoing testing uh, glad to go on because the genetics back that up. So we think it's the right route to go. And we think it's a smart route to go. And we're glad to see um, you guys at uh, New West take the lead. Uh, but uh, I've heard you loud and clear just because we happen to be the folks that have let it up, didn't mean we're the only folks doing it. We just are willing to post <laughs> the idea on our website right now. Thank so, you. Join <laughs> us. The, you know, <clears throat> the water's warm, jump on in. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much. We appreciate, I mean, we all need each other, <laughs> right? That's for <laughs> right, right, sure. Right,
0: right, right. So yeah. let's um, uh, tell folks how they can find not only you and how they find more about, about New West Genetics, but give us a good um, a, a good plug on the website and the right way mm-hmm. to connect and, and what all that looks like.
1: Yeah, uh, newwestgenetics.com pretty self-explanatory and that's two W's people ask that a lot N-E-W, W-E-S-T, Genetics. genetics. Okay. Um, so please you know go there and then value the seed um, is a page we have on our website where we're kind of capturing interest so there's a contact form there um, and we're you know our for initial reach out for folks that have general questions info at newwestgenetics.com um, we'd be happy to hear from folks and we, we like to hear the feedback. So I did present this idea to AOSCA, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they brought up some, okay, well, let's think about this. Let's think about this, but you know, in general, super in favor of it. So, um, we like the feedback. We can't think, you know, 360 degrees all the time. We need everyone's head in this.
0: Right, 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 right. And so dialogue is always good. I um, mean, yep. so when we're having dialogue with that idea of trying to get to the an answer, yeah. instead of people coming into it with presupposed notions and say, well, this is the way it's going to be, yeah. that ain't helping anybody, right? I mean, <laughs> so let's try to figure out that's the way, that's what we've seen uh, uh, with several groups, right? And just said, yeah, let's see what we can do to find a way to answer all this. Let's let's, yeah. let's figure out what to answer this. And that's what we Hot awesome. diggity dog. Wendy Mosher, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and helping us learn more about the West genetics, about what um, is involved <laughs> in breeding and finding the right genetics and making sure that we've got science and agronomy, both uh, the, each other's chocolate and each other's peanut butter, right? To be able to, to understand that, that how all of that fits together. And thank you for your leadership on the Value the seed um, uh, initiative as well.
1: So, yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you, Nick. Too, uh, we so value the support of the co-op. So um, appreciate all you guys do as well. Um, you know, we're 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 ready to prop you up uh, absolutely with your efforts over there too. So, that thanks so you much.
0: Co-op. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> so much. anybody that would like to learn a little bit more about the National Hip Growers Cooperative. Jump back over on our website at nationalhealthcoop.us and you can learn more about what we do to continue to find ways to build wealth for our members through regenerative agriculture and sustainable development. So until next time, thanks for joining us.
1: This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.